Welcome to Wise Words from a Stubborn Man, a podcast specifically based on the outlandish inner workings of my non-conventional brain. For those who don't know me, I am the host of this good old here machine, Saha Cool. Hopefully you're not easily offended, but on the other hand, hopefully you are. I'm not the villain of this real life Negro superhero movie. I'm just a guy with an opinion. So let's get to it. Oh my God. How are we doing? If you are listening to this, that means you're still with me. That means you're still on this goddamn journey with me. And, and, and I appreciate that. So today we're going to break bread and I'm going to dedicate this breaking bread to not only a good episode, but to everybody out there who is going through a process, who is figuring themselves out. And it doesn't matter the age in which you are, as long as you are like striving towards some shit. If you are figuring yourself out, go ahead, break a little bread today for yourself. Fellowship with somebody. All right. We're going to dedicate that to that. I'm saying the process. Because that process is a grueling fucking process. And that's basically what this episode is going to be about. But before we get into that, let me hash out a few random thoughts that I've had recently. So... I, for starters, I just came off a sabbatical. I had a sabbatical like a month and a half ago. And I virtually needed, I needed a break from not only social media, but a lot of social interactions. I really needed to sit with my goddamn self for a minute and just ponder a few things you know what i'm saying recalibrate because in life you got to do that shit sometimes sometimes god be trying to tell us hey yo sit the fuck still like sit still sit down hash out what's hindering you hash out what's causing you anxiety hash out uh hash out your next goddamn plan so I was on a sabbatical not too long ago where I took a a massive break from all of my social media and things of that nature. I took a massive break from a lot of people. It ain't like it's... it's, People usually complain about not being able to get in contact with me, but that month that I was on my sabbatical, oh my God, I know for a fact that niggas hated me, but that is beside the point. In my sabbatical, I came back just to the world and I, I noticed... A couple things. One, we are becoming way too desensitized to the point where to the point where people people will argue like you shouldn't put all of your business on social media, but they won't argue against seeing a video of like somebody getting killed or somebody getting hurt, like a video of physical harm happening to somebody else. That's the point where we at where motherfuckers would rather be like Hey, yo, you shouldn't put this on the internet, but all of this other vile shit is okay. That's wild. And we, we've also become too invested in the lives of celebrities and people that we don't have like a personal relationship with. Like we really do offer these grand, oh, excuse my goddamn, I just burped and shit, but we offer these grand ass opinions about people in their situations and we don't have any type of connection to it. Like 
if you're on anything, let's say you're on Twitter, for example, right? And you say some shit, someone will come out of nowhere and like input their own personal insecurity on some shit you're saying. And it's not as if you were talking to them because you clearly weren't talking to them. But they will literally be like, oh, well, that's because this. Like, okay, so peep this. Right? Not too long ago, well, I don't know how long ago it was, I tweeted that this chick tried to spaz out on me because she thought I was like ghosting her. But I was just like slightly depressed, man. My anxiety was through the roof and shit. I felt like I was in like a seasonal depression, right? And like she didn't know, like I didn't talk to my mother. I didn't talk to my father. I didn't talk to my siblings. I didn't talk to my homies. I really was in like a rut in a funk so when i finally did end up hitting her up she took offense to it and she kind of tried to lash out a little bit and i was like damn it's i'm not ghosting you i was depressed so i put that tweet on twitter and chick comes out of nowhere and says like some wild ass she, she sprinkled her insecurity all over that shit she was like see man men think that it's okay to I don't even know what the fuck she said, but I know she was just complaining about whatever nigga ghosted her. And I just had to politely say like, yo, I don't know you. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know you. You don't know me. You have this grand ass assumption about me as if I'm just dating this. That's a red flag. You don't even know the ins and outs. I am just trying to date Shorty. I'm not even with Shorty. But yeah, you come out of nowhere with the bullshit, man. That's wild, man. And then I, you know, I also went to the movies and shit recently. Uh, although these shits may be behind, I'm going to say them anyway. So I saw Joker. I saw Terminator Dark Fate. And then um, what the fuck else came out? Like not too long ago during my sabbatical, it chapter two, and it chapter two. I thought it was. I thought it was nice. I rocked with it. I gave it like seven point eight out of ten. You know what I'm saying? It chapter one. I gave that like a solid nine out of ten. I, that was a pretty good movie to me. But the sequel, it finished strong. It finished strong. They was baking his ass at the end, boy. They was cooking Pennywise's ass at the end. Uh, for the people that didn't see the movie or don't know how it ends because you don't because you've never watched anything like they win like at the end but they bake the shoes off this nigga oh my god and speaking of clowns like i said i saw joker i thought the joker was a phenomenal movie joaquin phoenix is that nigga uh uh not in melanin but in spirit and <laughs> and i thought it was a fire movie I still, I didn't like it as a as a Joker movie, but as a movie in itself, I liked it. It kind of reminded me of Taxi Driver, which, ironically, the movie had Robert De Niro in it. So it kind of gave me that type of feel. It gave me like a Martin Scorsese type of feel to it. Uh, but as far as a Joker film, I feel like they took like a little bit of, of the comic, uh, the story, the killing joke, and they kind of just expanded on it without they took like one part and expanded that one part and they never did uh pretty much anything else with it and they took a couple elements from like 
uh, was it The Dark Knight Returns and shit like that. So I rocked with it. Joker movie, as far as the character of the Joker, not so much. Joker is one of those villains that I don't ever need to feel sympathy for him. I don't never need to connect with him on that type of level. I like the beauty of the chaos of the Joker, which is why I like the Heath Ledger movie. Like, if I can put it in these words, I feel like the Joker movie is one of the stories that Heath Ledger would tell in The Dark Knight, if, if motherfuckers catch my drift. So that would be my comparison. Terminator Dark Fate. Man, I had such low high hopes for that shit because brought back Linda Hamilton. Uh, of, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know what I'm saying, trying to return the form and shit in there. Uh, who did they have? Was it, uh, was it Gabrielle Luna? Couldn't be Gabriel Luna. I forgot a Hispanic buddy. He played Ghost Rider and shit in Agents of Shield. Uh and then the other two shorties. I'm not too sure of their names either. But first half of the movie, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It was like an updated rehash of the first Terminator. Uh but with with a few with a few different twists, you know what I'm saying? With a few different twists in the first couple minutes of that motherfucker, it's uh expectations subversion you know what i'm saying they really subvert your goddamn expectations uh the back half of the movie i felt like they were just going with action and nostalgia and that kind of took me out of it i didn't really feel like the third act was really that strong i didn't feel like the like the climax of the movie was that strong um it, it was it was i'd give it like five six out of ten if if that was doing a rating system like that um but on to what the fuck the episode is about so i feel like my life can be explained in three parts you see i have my experiences i have my vices and then i have my choices now vices and choices may sound like some similar shit but i'm gonna break that down too so my experiences and I think I can describe these three parts with with three movies or something like that. Hopefully, hopefully I can do it. Hopefully I can do it. But um, so let's say my my experiences, right? I like to compare my experiences to like good times minus all of the fucking comedy, and minus living in an apartment building. I mean, just the spirit of good times, because it's really none of the shit in good times I can really relate to outside of them niggas was poor. That's pretty much it. But I cannot relate to motherfuckers coming up on stains and giving them back with the moral compass. Come on, G. That's 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 movie magic. That's TV. Right. I grew up poor family dynamic. I mean, my immediate family is six of three siblings. Grew up in Hopkins Park, Illinois, you know, 815. Let's go dumb crazy for that. And that kind of fueled my need to leave home, not leave it behind, but my curiosity to see what the world held. And that shit led me, of course, to U of I, where I was offered another set of experiences. Like, I want y'all to picture this, this culture shock real quick to just put in perspective of where I come from. So my high school... At the time I was a senior, it was probably 380 students in the entire school. Graduating class was 77, right? 
I get to U of I, my first lecture hall was 500 people. Really want y'all to sit that in and let that gather for you. I grew up around black people and like two Hispanic people my entire life. I get to U of I, I'm seeing Asians not on TV for the first time. So it's a culture shock. Like I had to learn to get used to that. But I have this curiosity of like, I don't, oftentimes people criticize what they don't understand. Or they're skeptical of things that they don't understand. Me, I'm apprehensive, but I'm also curious in the apprehensiveness. You know what I'm saying? I'm never too gung-ho about something. So when it came to that, of just my experiences of growing up so differently. And when I say I grew up differently, I know I say that a lot. But I really genuinely did grow up differently. Like my parents never censored us. And in retrospect, I think something that that helped me when I was a shorty was, well, not even helped me, I was a shorty that kind of took a bit of my innocence and, and my ignorance of the world away was my grandmother passing because I learned about death at like the age of four, right? To know that my grandmother was never coming back. I learned about that at an early age. And you can't, like as a child, uh, like people should understand that as a child, when you know what death is or when you experience death around you, that you kind of see the world like it's hard to see the world through rose colored glasses. It's really it really is hard to see the world that way. And luckily, like I had the imagination, I had the love around me to understand that. The world is more nuanced than death and bad things. It's way more nuanced. Like, what the fuck did Darius say on Atlanta? And if people don't know Darius, it's Lakeith Stanfield on on, on uh, Atlanta with Donald Glover and shit. And the the Teddy Perkins episode. When he was talking to Teddy Perkins, he was saying he had the shotgun on him and shit. And he was talking about Stevie Wonder. And he was talking about his impairment. And he was like, he was blind. And then Darius was like, but he wasn't blinded. Which meant that, yeah, we have these hindrances. Yeah, we have these things that hurt us. But we can't be jaded by those things. We can't be off put by those things. We really can't let none of that shit stop us. Which leads me on to my next, my next you dig, which is my vices. And I would like to compare this to Inception. Phenomenal movie, Christopher Nolan, you know what I'm saying? Leonardo fucking DiCaprio. That's probably my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie of all time, Inception. And I would like to say, like, my top four vices are... Uh, my my honesty i think my honesty is a vice because sometimes i can't help but introduce it or bring it into situations that may not require it sometimes i do feel like i'm hindered by it because i don't sugarcoat things most of the time i really do 
aim from the goddamn hip. I just shoot. And, and, and sometimes I may not have malicious intent, but the outcome is malicious or, or the things that it causes is malicious. So learning about that. Um, what else? My self-indulgence, my like certain gluttony that I have, like I be getting high than a motherfucker. Toasted, you know what I'm saying? And I go through these stretches of like, I'll just stop smoking. And then when I come back, I turn into fucking Dave Chappelle and half-baked or some shit like that. And sometimes I think I do overindulge in certain things. I may overindulge in some unhealthy foods. I may overindulge in, in, I will say this, smoking weed has helped me significantly stop drinking. Because I, I could put some shit away when it comes to drinking, but now I just, I drink on occasion now. I like to just get high, but I drink on occasion now. Um, what else do I indulge in? I, sometimes I think I indulge in, in my carefreeness could also be considered a vice because sometimes I do get into these bits of, well, I got time and I forgot what the fuck I was watching, but it said procrastination is disrespectfully telling God that the opportunity will come again. I had to let that silence get that for a couple seconds. Because sometimes like my carefreeness lends me to be to not motivate myself as much as I could. Like it's it's been 2 months b- between this episode and the last episode, I just haven't been motivated to to do anything, which may be a, a byproduct of like a seasonal depression. But those vices, they'll eventually, if you indulge in your vices enough. The truth, that's just the harder the truth is going to hit you. And when I tell you the truth is going to smack your ass, it is going to smack the shit out of you. Which leads me into this last part, which is my choices. My choices are always fueled by my curiosity versus my realistic expectations and i haven't always made the right choice i will oh my god i will tell you that shit right now i have literally not always made the right choice but i have sought to not make amends for that choice but to make that bad choice have value later like, so a lot of my, fa- I got, uh, so I got kicked out of U of I and then I fucking, I had a conundrum, right? I could either pay my rent, pay my student account or pay for classes that'll bump my GPA so that when my appeal finally came back, it really wouldn't matter because I'd have the necessary GPA to stay in school. 
And do you know what the fuck I chose? I chose to have a roof over my head. Now, in hindsight, I probably should have chose the school shit and worked it out later as far as the living shit. But without that choice, I would have never reevaluated my thoughts towards school. To the fact that I was in school undeclared as fuck and I did not know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. I did not want to go to college. I just knew that society said, hey, look, if you want to be something in life, you got to go to college. I ran away from writing. I wanted a safety net. I chose the safety net. You know what I'm saying? In the beginning. In the middle, I doubted the safety net. And I chose another safety net, which is a shelter over my goddamn head. Somewhere to stay my goddamn head. And that shit backfired. I got shitted on. And several years later, a nigga is like, fuck. I might as well go back to school now. Shit, I figured out what the fuck I want to do. My job, right? I have worked a lot of goddamn jobs. I've really been independent since I was like 16. Like I've paid my own phone bill. I paid my rent when I moved out of the crib. I paid for virtually everything, man. I don't like asking people for money. I don't like asking my parents for shit. And then at this stage in life, if I can't get it on my own, then I genuinely don't feel like I need it. I genuinely don't. So, going down that path of, I worked at fucking Sears twice and got fired. Well, actually, my fault. I worked at Sears three times. I got fired twice. Store closed on once. I worked at Finish Line, and them niggas just took me off the schedule. I worked, uh, I forgot what the fuck the job program is, but that was from like 17, 18, um, where the fuck else did I work? I worked at a novelty, I guess, in Tribal Store, Earthbound, in the mall. I worked at... I did door-to-door sales for Direct Energy. I did... I worked at Cricket Wireless, and I have my current job that I have now, in which I don't want to say because I don't want somebody to fuck it up. I'm making a, I'm making some quality ass bread. I let, I will let you know that. And then living in Champagne, making this bread, oh my god, oh my god, nigga, I'm living pretty smooth. Like, I'll expound on that in a, in a, in another episode, but. All of these things were choices that I made until eventually, like I said, you get stuck in that mode of, is this it? Will you better yourself? Will you do this? Until, gee, I just got tired of being, I got tired of being broke, gee, or like I got tired of virtually living check to check with the skinniest of checks because them bitches was little. Them bitches were some little checks. Realistically, them bitches were some little checks. And all of that has, working all of those jobs and realizing like, yo, I fucking hate punching a clock. I fucking hate 
incompetent supervisors. I hate a person telling me that an hour of my work is equal to X amount of dollars. So now I'm putting my foot into these other avenues and I realized, yo, don't run from your talent. Run into that shit. And now that I'm doing all of this, this shit that I never thought that I would do, I'm sold. I'm sold on it, that it could be worth in it. I'm sold that I know that it's worth in it. I just got to get from point A to point B, and then from B get to C, and then from C get to D, and D get to E, and so fucking forth, so on and so forth. Because that's how it has to happen. That's how the progressive shit is. And then let's what other choices with with the women in my life. Hopefully you're listening to this aspect right here right now. I don't apologize for anything that I've ever done to any woman in my life because I know that I approached everything with the right intention. I never approached it as a, that's the one thing I know I can say in my life and that no woman is going to say about me is that I was a terrible nigga to him or in my interactions with them. Because I'm not in the business of creating bitter women, nor am I in the business of, of, of fucking women over. That's just not me. It's not me at all. But what I have learned is I'm going to have to amend my approach to dating because there's I'm getting older and the older I get, the more I realize, yo, the one aspect of my life that isn't currently clicking or going for it is my relationships like spiritually i feel like i'm i'm getting more closer to god health wise i feel like i'm i'm starting to take better care of myself i got a black woman as a physician she keep it all the way thorough with me Today, I just had a doctor's appointment today. Today, she was like, yep, yeah, can't eat red meat. She didn't even tell me the reason why until afterwards. She just was like, yeah, you can't eat red meat. Yeah, you might as well cut all that out. Do you eat this, 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 and this? Oh, yeah, cut that out too. Kept it real funky. I'm talking chitlins on Thanksgiving funky. That's how funky she kept it with me. And all of that is going to play a part in it. So like I said, with women, I have to come with this this new approach because it's it's all about value. I value myself. And 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 at the end of the day, I do want someone to see value in that too. So I guess there's that on that. And just to round all of this up together, uh, I guess the movie that I would use to describe my choices is uh, 
like one of my top five favorite movies of all time, The Adjustment Bureau. Hence the uh, the name of the episode. Hopefully, y'all uh, Google's work. But I feel like I'm traveling this thing according to this plan. And you have ripples in the plan. And you have choices that change the plan. But it all leads to owning your free will and making the best of it so that you can become a better you. So I'm not going to let this episode go on too long. I just wanted to come in, talk a little bit, give y'all a little update, I guess, and bless y'all with this fire content. So, yeah, let me give you guys a, a Saha scripture and get on out the jam. So, um, my Saha scripture today is believe in yourself. The negative influences of society will tell you that you are inadequate, that you are less than. Social media will have you unnecessarily comparing yourself to other people. And just like Charlemagne and a bevy of other people say, when you look on there, you only see people highlights. You only see motherfuckers hitting game winners as far as they post. You never see the motherfuckers going them over games, them over twelves, them over. You you ain't never gonna see none of the bad shit, man. But what I will say is that you matter. Your choices, your vices, your experiences. All of it matters. And as long as you seek to be a better you, as long as you embrace whatever journey that you're going on, I guarantee you will enjoy the end results. So this has been a wise word from a stubborn man. I'll holler at you next time.